football, <laughs> baseball, <laughs> basketball, anything sports. Auburn's 91.1 FM WEGL presents the scoreboard with your co-hosts, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcomed at 334-844-9345 or follow them on Twitter at Jacob underscore Hillman 3 or at Bay underscore Marks. Now, let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. Welcome to Scoreboard, ladies and gentlemen, here on WEGL 91.1 FM, or if you're streaming live on WEGLFM.com, we welcome you to the show. As always, Bay Mark sitting alongside my co-host, Jacob Hillman. Jacob, how are you on this sunny and cold Auburn Thursday afternoon? Tired, tired, tired. That's all I'll say. I'm with you. I'm at the point where I'm just reaching for spring break and ready for it to be here. Exactly. we got a whole week left. Well... Before we get started today, first, we have to give a special shout-out to my dad, Keith Marks, uh, as well as my grandfather, Lee Gunnan, Poppy, uh, and the rest of the gang up at Helena High School. Taking a listen in from the Helena High School press box, the Helena Huskies take on uh, uh, some baseball games today up there at Helena High School, and my dad, the PA announcer with Poppy, being the scoreboard operator, the two best in the business, will be getting going uh, underway here shortly. And they thought they'd spend their first few minutes uh, with us. Big compliment. I appreciate it. I do too. So let's go ahead and get started. First on the agenda today for the scoreboard, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to call in and be a part of the show, feel more than welcome. 334-844-9345. 334-844-9345. Like I said, first thing on the agenda, Auburn men's basketball. Two straight home games for the Auburn men's basketball team. Facing off against Tennessee this past Saturday morning. Winning that game 73-66. to As well as a Tuesday night showdown with Ole Miss coming to town. Winning that one as well. 67-58. Two very competitive ball games after Auburn's two-game losing streak on the road at Mizzou and at Georgia. They really needed to come back home and win these two games. Especially to put themselves in prime position for not only winning the SEC, but giving themselves a better spot not only the SEC tournament, but in the NCAA tournament as well. And obviously the big story is that Isaac Okoro is back on Tuesday and gave the Auburn defense a much-needed spark after you know he had Jordan Bowden drop a career high. I think he scored 34 points or something like that yeah. against Auburn on Saturday. That shouldn't happen with Isaac Okoro on the floor. And it, it showed because Brian and Tyree, he scored, but nothing like he has been doing this whole year. I mean, he dropped 40 against Mississippi State a few weeks back. And so, credit to Samir Dowdy's defense against him as well. As well, yeah. And I just think that him being back gave a spark to these guys and really got them going because when you have a player like that come back from injury, you're, you're the team's going to be happy. The fans are fired up. And it was good to see him out there. The stats don't really show it other than his efficiency when scoring. He scored 10 points on like four field goals. But he didn't get a lot of rebounds. He didn't get any assists. So you had to watch his defense, and it was good. So somebody else... Providing a spark for the Sauber team, and I'll, we'll we'll come back to Ooh, recapping the games. Buddy. Is Mr. Jalen Williams coming on the scene? Played a few minutes at Georgia. I think Auburn was like plus six on the floor when he was on the floor at Georgia, and he played both these games at home in this past week. And buddy, is he becoming a fan favorite? Out of his mind. I mean, against Tennessee, of course, had the off the backboard alley oop dunk. Uh, had some big rebounds. Had. Put up some good points off the bench, and he's just a spark plug against uh, Ole Miss. Had the no-look pass uh, way up to Anthony McLemore as well as a put-back dunk in an alley-oop. I mean, I mean, he's got to turn into more than that. Yeah, I mean, he's really becoming a role player, and it's like you said on the show last week, his defense coming into college was going to be his concern. I don't think he's showing that to be much of a concern. Nope. 
Uh, his I think six, he had, seven bodies had presence. He had one bad play where he left one guy. The one bad play I noticed, he left the guy open. He missed a shot, but that was the one thing I, mi- I missed. I think it was just a miscommunication. So, I mean, I haven't noticed anything glaring from his defense that's been bad. So, the fact he's consistently going out there and scoring, that's what's showing out to me. I mean, after George, he didn't score against George. I think he scored maybe two points. But the fact he went back-to-back games scoring eight and six points really Did he score impresses Georgia? me. Let me check. He might have scored. I don't think he scored at all. If he did, it was two points. Yeah. Uh, let me check. Real but quick. point being is that after the Georgia game, I thought, okay, he's going to be good coming defense whenever Auburn's struggling a little bit. But then after these last two games, I think he should be playing a lot more because he's actually scoring. He is energizing the crowds. I mean, on Saturday, you might need him to throw the hammer down to shut up Rupp Arena sometimes. So he had no points. That's a big thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact still, that he, Plus six on the floor, that speaks a lot. The fact that he came off of zero points and went back-to-back scoring eight, six and eight really impresses me because, I mean, I think the, the consistent thought was, okay, he's not going to be much of a scorer, but that's okay. Yeah. Here uh, he is providing those points. And I, I think that's a... You mentioned Rupp Arena, and I think as well, going into Kentucky, uh, especially him with his growing process, being a freshman, he'll be back next year, of course. This is huge for him going into not only the postseason this year, but next year, knowing that you're a freshman with all this momentum. I mean, going into one of the more hostile environments of college basketball, I think this is a big opportunity for you to have a great game and be a piece off the bench that Auburn hasn't had lately. I mean, Anthony's had a few games here down the stretch where he hasn't really produced anything off the bench. Same with Devin, same with Jamal. Jamal hasn't scored since Kentucky. Yeah, so point being i think jalen's that guy that's gonna have to come off the bench and be the spark now anthony and devin have done a better job of that at home but to be a more consistent team auburn's got to do that away from home with having people score and i think a big thing with Ole miss and i think you can agree with with me as well jacob i think the biggest thing with the win against Ole miss was just about everybody scored yeah the bench actually outscored Ole miss 16 to 13 so that's what Bruce has been wanting to see all year and it started to happen at the beginning of non-conference play and kind of dropped off in these losses and I mean in the losses back in January it happened and then obviously the last few weeks and the struggles even when Auburn was down it was because of the bench lacking and then Jaylon McCormick or Samir Dowdy or Isaac Cora would have to will this team back and I mean it's just crazy to me that that going back to the Jalen Williams a little bit that it took 26 games for him to get this crucial playing time he played a little bit in mop-up duty Throughout the year, well, but he hasn't played, and it it took Isaac, Isaac getting, getting hurt. That's what I was That's about to say. Is. And think about it this way: if Isaac wouldn't have gotten hurt, he still wouldn't be playing. Because think about it: Anthony Macklemore, being a fourth year Auburn player, has started the majority of his career as well. Having him. Dangel in front of him, and even Isaac, who's going to drop down and play four. That's hard to get into that playing rotation. All right, I mean, this is crazy, but. Does because of that injury to Isaac seeming not to be that severe, it feels like that's. I mean, it almost is good for Auburn because yeah. it got Jalen in the game, and yeah. he's going to be crucial come in March. Yeah. So it's almost like I mean, at the end of the season, we might look back at it and say, "Man, that injury helped Auburn because it put Jalen Williams on the floor and he provided a much needed boost for this team." Yeah, Jalen. Jalen will for sure become a piece that Auburn's going to uh, look towards to lean on. Uh, and speaking of other people to lean on in this Auburn team, Austin Wiley was the game's leading scorer Tuesday night with 15 points and 11 rebounds. Samir one point behind him with 14. Isaac Okor, like you said, with 10. Um, really not a lot of underperforming, I guess you could say. I think that was just one of those nights where uh, the whole team was contributing. And I, I think 
Uh, I believe it was something you said earlier about having having them lean on Samir a lot this season. I think that was what the case was coming down to Saturday with Samir scoring twenty two. Yeah, um, and I think I think it might have been Carter Bird who mentioned it. So someone mentioned it, and they're talking about how it's like me. You know, you're watching it, and everyone kind of had the same amount of points with about fifteen minutes left, and Auburn was down out of it pretty much. And then you look up at the end of the game and you didn't realize Samir scored 22 points. Here, here's something more encouraging. Did you say Jamal hadn't scored since Kentucky or scored a field goal? Field goal. Okay, I was about to say he scored against uh, Tennessee. Yeah, he's made some free throws, but man, and he has been struggling. I hate that for him because we know what he's capable of behind the arc. We saw it against Alabama in that loss. He was... he. Oh, I thought Almost he was going to single-handedly bring it back. But his defense is what has been holding him back, which you hate for him because he has that college experience at Memphis. Comes in with a guy that he's familiar with in Austin Wiley. You wish that you could put him on the floor with him and have that chemistry, but it's really his defense. Now, the offense will come and go. Granted, has he has been getting the chance to prove his offense? Probably yeah. not. Well, the issue is it hasn't really come in the last month. I mean, exactly. He has not made a field goal since Kentucky, so, and that's, that's, a, you that's it, a problem. You hope it's one of those cases where towards the end of the season when it's most crucial in the SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, he'll come on. Yeah, he might get rolled in March. But nonetheless, Auburn basketball – has moved to a very, very decent record this time of year. Uh, 24, no, excuse me, yes, 24-4. They're second in the SEC behind the team that they were playing on Saturday, Jacob, uh, at Kentucky, 245 CBS game, the number eight team in the country, has a 69% chance to win that game. That's nice, and a lot of things on the line on Saturday. Kentucky can win the SEC outright with a win. Auburn, had to stay alive in it, they have to win. The, th- the thing is, Auburn's two games back. Yeah, so for them to win it outright, for Auburn to win it outright, Kentucky has to lose for the last three games. Yeah. To to win a share of it and what Auburn fans will obviously consider a another SEC title for themselves because they will have the tiebreaker, Kentucky needs to lose on Saturday and one other game, which they travel to Florida, I think, on the last Saturday. Very possible loss because Florida's on fire right now. Yeah. But... I think the important thing is just getting that two seed. If Get the you, two seed and run. I think if Auburn if Auburn finishes top two in the SEC, I think every honestly everybody will be content. That's Would it be great to win the SEC regular season title? Yes. Is it possible? A hundred percent. In the long run, it doesn't matter. In the long run, it doesn't matter. That's what I was going to say. It, it doesn't matter as much as people think. But let's go ahead and look back at the Auburn Kentucky game real quick from uh, back earlier this season when College Game Day came to Auburn Alabama and Auburn won seventy five to sixty six. Oh, man. This was the day that Nick Richards got shut down by Austin Wiley. I think that's a huge key Saturday. Yeah, for sure. And with him being at home, he's going to be a little bit more comfortable. He's not going to have the jungle on top of him yelling at him the whole game. Yeah. That's going to make a difference. And Wiley, I mean, his offense has been much better. I mean, he 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 was 4 for 6 that game, including 4 free throws, scored 12 points, had a double-double. So it's not like he played bad offensively in that game, but I feel like his offense is much better right now than it was a month ago. So, if Wiley can do that on offense, I have a lot of faith in Auburn keeping it close. Because right now, I'm not, lean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too high on Auburn winning this game. And I just think that's what it is. Auburn, if Auburn, Auburn on the road is not him, the same team. Yeah, and the shooting is what concerns me. Same. Because they cannot shoot on the road. They, you can, they can barely shoot at home. Here's, here's my thing. It... It comes down to three things. One, the Nick Richards, Austin Wiley battle. Two, the shooting. And three, the defense of Auburn's guards. Because think about it. 
Auburn's facing three of the top guards in the nation. Matt, team. Quickly's been on fire. Quickly, Maxi, and Hagens. Hagens only had five points last game, but Quickly and Maxi combined to score, let's see, what does this add up to? 45 points. 45 of their 66 points. Yeah. So that's what it comes down to. Nick Rich, Rickard, no, no, Richards and Austin Wiley down low. Auburn, you know, on the road as well as defending those three guards. Yeah, I think it, Kentucky had two guys score off the bench. They're not as deep as Auburn. Auburn is not, way more not even close, but it's just they're so talented. They it, don't seem to get gassed either. No, no, because they're that good. They're gonna, most of them are going to be in the NBA next year. So it, it, it's tough to it's tough to guard that. Yeah. Because they don't get gassed, and they're playing full speed ahead the whole time. Free throws will be big. Auburn's been shooting free throws a lot better lately, or in the second half of the season, than they were in the first half. We'll see. Hopefully it's not as big of a factor as it was in the first game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Auburn won that game, but yeah. that was hard to watch. I I don't know. It's Free throws, free throws are just kind of a must on the road, especially in the SEC. Well, I mean, we'll see what kind of, what, 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 what kind of favorable calls, if Auburn, if any Auburn gets yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. It's in Rupp. We'll see. Can they get it done for the first time since 1988? Hopefully. On the other side of the break, the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman live on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or streaming on WeagleFM.com. And the NFL is making headlines with their CBA proposals and Tom Brady. We'll start with Tom Brady news where this morning Adam Schefter tweeted about Jeff Darlington. He was on Get Up on ESPN, and he said, quote, I'm now at the point where I would be stunned if Tom Brady went back to New England, end quote. That is a, I guess, a, a shocking development in this because I think everyone just kind of, there hasn't been any talks because what I've seen is that people are scared to talk to him due to tainting. I mean, you don't, you don't want to mess with that. I mean, he's such a big, high-profile player. You don't want to get screwed over and do that. I mean, the names I really hear, Titans, Chargers, maybe I'm missing somebody, but those are just kind of the two I've been I've been focusing on to get him if he leaves New England. But I really haven't believed he would do it, and this morning that came out. I uh, I think that's fair to say, and I think I, I agree with just about everything you said. Um, it is an interesting development in the story just because of the fact that great players like this you see in teams like Kobe Bryant, where they stay with that team pretty much their whole career, and I guess you could argue MJ, but he retired, and then he went back to the Wizards or anything, but I don't know. I, I agree with you in the fact that I really never thought it was as serious as it was like, they say this, but like, you know, Tom's been there so long, he's got Bill Belichick, he's got Robert Kraft and everything he wants there, he'll stay, finish out another year or two, um, but I agree. After this morning, and hearing hearing that report after on Get Up, I I, I don't know. It's It's up in the air whether or not he goes back to New England, which, I mean, personally, if I was Tom Brady, I would. I know he might want to move on to bigger, or not bigger and better. He might want to move on and see if he can't prove why he's the GOAT to bring a team out of the out of the shadows into the spotlight of the NFL like the Chargers. I don't know. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a New England fan, but personally, from a fan standpoint, I wish he would stay in New England. My my thing about this is, you mentioned Kobe, and I think of all the other players that have had long careers with a single team have been so successful, and maybe it's just different for him. Maybe he wants to go experience something different. Because, I mean, you think about it, you mentioned that, and it's like, players that do that, they always retire. MJ did it, Brett Favre did it. They both retired. And then and they, they came, came back, back and experienced a different team, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. 
Brady might not want to do it because I feel like if he just leaves on his own like this, it's not going to tick off fans as much as the far. I don't think the Bulls fans were really, I mean, I wasn't around when that happened, but it doesn't feel like MJ has the same relationship. I mean, it's not really a relationship, but Bulls fans don't have the same thoughts of MJ as Packers fans have of Brett Favre. Maybe it's because MJ's arguably the GOAT and Brett Favre is just one of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I think maybe he handled it. Maybe he retired like four times. My thing is also like, I hate to I hate to say it this way, but he also doesn't owe New England anything. No, he's brought New England the world and more. I just I agree with that. I think that, and you can bring up the case of LeBron. Like nobody thought LeBron would leave Cleveland. He's from Ohio and all this and that. But I mean, he had something left to prove. Yeah, he left early, and I too. think he yeah, I think he understood that. I just, I just personally don't want Tom to feel, feel homesick. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I don't want him to feel like, oh, I, I miss New England. Did I make a bad choice and go sign across the country with San, or not San Diego, Los Angeles? I mean, the thing about that is that he's only got a few years left. Yeah, a few, maybe yeah, one or two. Really? He's let's see. He's, he's turning forty three this year. I think he is forty three. No, he turns forty three this okay, year. Okay, he does. His birthday is August third, seventy seven. Man, he, I, I just don't. He's getting up. He said he wanted to play till 45. That in itself is absurd. That's absolutely absurd. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it will. Either. I think he's got one or two, well, two max. I guess another thing we should talk about is the weapons surrounding him. That's, that's well, another last thing. Last year was rough. I mean, losing to the Titans, they just had Derrick Henry, and that's it. I mean, the defense is solid. I, I, will, I will give them credit where it's due. But I think they had more going on, though. I think they had more stuff internal. Yeah. I think they also kind of believed in this narrative of Tom's leaving. I don't know. Not sure. And I think that's <sighs> that's another big thing. Is I mean, that's going to be his final moment as a New England Patriots. Him throw that pick six. But yeah, I don't think you. That's crazy. I personally wouldn't want to want to go out like that. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Would it be the end of the football world? No. Would mayhem occur? It'd be yes. Crazy. I, I I guess giving my opinion on what. I mean, what I would do if I were him. Yeah, what would, what would you do? It's tough because, I mean, I'm not obviously in that position. I don't know what it's like to be in a position like he is in for so long. Is he tired of the same old, same old? I mean, fatigue. Is he tired of Kraft? He, he might be fatigued of Kraft and Belichick. I mean, there's always been those reports that they don't actually like each other. They just, they're good at I was, what they I do. was going to say, I don't think he wants to be associated with the Kraft name after this past year. I mean, if he really wants to play until he's 45, does he want to finish these last few years just miserable and just doing it like a business? Or does he want to go out and enjoy it? Go to Tennessee where you got Nashville. That's a great place to raise his kids. I mean, that's kind of my thought process. They need a quarterback. And I don't care what Tannehill did in the last month of the season. Or Mariota throughout his whole career. I really don't care what he did because of what he's done recently. He's done nothing. Yeah, They're going to take the go over... Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and you got to remember, Philip Rivers in Los Angeles is out, so yep. they currently are looking for a quarterback. Obviously, him. The difference between these two teams, though, is that I feel like Titans are going to go all in. Yeah, I don't. I don't think LA's got LA. Still got. They still have to rebuild a little bit. I mean, yeah. Melvin Gordon's not going to be there next year. They also have the Rams to compete with in the same city. Whereas the Titans, they're, they're more built for the years to come. The Titans with Vrabel, Derrick Henry, and a Absolutely. solid defense. I can see them. And a decent O-line. Line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just think it was a lack of a passing quarterback. That's the only reason they got as far as they did in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. And who knows, if they would have gotten to the Super Bowl, they probably wouldn't have won. It would have been ugly. So, I don't know. I My final thought, 
just because I'm I just because I'm more of like a nostalgic kind of guy and a relationship kind of guy. Personally, I would love to see him stay in New England. The business side of me says I wouldn't be shocked if he stayed or left. Or left. Mm-hmm. That's that's my final thing. Yeah, I, we don't know where to go with it. Obviously, Darlington has different thoughts. He thinks that he's gone, and apparently he. Uh, was it Schefter that said he's been in the he's been in the know for a long time now, like in the front of everything? It was somebody. Yeah, I must so, have already tweeted it. An ESPN analyst said like they're not shocked about that report because he's been in the know of everything uh, for so long. He's broke a lot of news like that. That's interesting. And if there has been no tampering. I mean, that shows where his mind's at. That means I mean I really don't think he's gonna come back. His trainer sold his house. Yep. I don't know. It's been crazy. Moving on to the CBA deal. This is. Provided a lot of drama in the last week or two. The representative, let's see, the group voted, I guess this is the owners, voted 17 to 14 to allow the proposed CBA deal to be decided by full NFL membership, which is its players. The deal would include a switch to a 17 game season, additional roster spots, a shorter preseason, increased revenue for players, and improved pensions for former players. Obviously, the big thing there 17 game season. And that's why. And also a shorter preseason. Yeah, I. I don't think so. I, everyone's going to overlook that. Because, yeah. I mean, does it do starters play in the fourth preseason games? No. But that's why a lot of players have spoken out against it. First guy to do it was J.J. Watt. He tweeted about it said, absolutely not. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers said no as well. Uh, Russell Wilson said no. And <laughs> Steelers center Marquise Pouncey had a a expletive-filled rant on, I think it was on his, I guess it was probably on his Instagram or something, about saying no. Yeah. He, he said, I vote no. It's clear. It's clear where the players stand. It's clear. I say some of them. I think some of them might be for it because of the raised revenue, because of the pensions that they'll get when they retire. I don't think they. I if I'm a player, absolutely not. Yeah, same. I'm. I'm on the side of. um, Perhaps to mention Richard Sherman also spoke out against it. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of players saying no to this deal. Think about it. Seventeen. You already play sixteen regular season games. That's a that's a lot of football. That's a crap ton. You can get to twenty games, huh? Twenty regular twenty games that matter. If you go to seventeen games, yeah. And remember, there was that. Remember a few weeks ago, they also proposed the playoff thing that did not pass, but there yeah. was that new playoff. Think about that. that. You already play sixteen regular season games, plus the re, the preseason game. Granted, the preseason, but it's still football. That's a lot of football. That's a lot of wear and tear on your body. I think it, I think it comes down more so of NFL players realizing like. Physically, this is not good for my body. It's not good. Yeah. Plus, if you make the playoffs and you go all the way and you win the Super Bowl, how many games is that? If you play seven, yeah, if nineteen. If you get a bye week, so let's just say if you don't. That's twenty. If games. you play a wild card game, yeah, it's twenty games. Or no, it'd be twenty-one if you get the wild card game. That's right. Twenty-one football games in a year. That's crazy. From I, fan, I would vote no. From a fan, man, give it to me all day. But I also, as a person. I know that's bad for the players. Is it bad to say I would honestly get tired of it too? 21 games? Uh, I mean, I don't think you would. I don't think you would. Come on. Don't lie. When seasons change and basketball gets kicked up, I mean, I guess I that's kind of start getting ready for basketball. But with the playoffs and stuff at the end, yeah. it wouldn't. Yeah. And it's also they're taking away the preseason game, so it'd be the same amount of time. Yeah, sure. They'd probably start around the time when college starts. Exactly. <sighs> Which would, hey, that would screw over college football. That's College football, I guarantee you, would move up a week. Because you you can't compete with that. College football already goes until the middle of January, anyways. Yeah, you you cannot compete with the NFL. That's why college football national championships always on a Monday. 
anyway, I I really hope it doesn't go through, just because we're we're gonna see a lockout if it does go through. Yep. And it's not what I want to be talking about on this show come September. That yeah. that'll be annoying. Yeah. They have another year, so I mean, I think be actually. I take that back. They might because they voted already. It might not be able to wait a year because it expires next year. They could go a whole other year then vote. But man, I, I think the seventeen game season would be great for the fans. It's more money for the NFL, but it's way riskier for the players. Yeah, I think the risk factor is the biggest thing for me as well. That's just you see so much today with. I, I hate to say it, but CTE and just all the physical toll that. A body takes from the game of football. I don't know if it's 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 kind of abusing the game. Honestly, yeah. I mean, well, that's why Russ Wilson tweeted: the NBA and MLB are doing it right. Players come first. All NFL players deserve the same. We should not rush the next ten years for today's satisfaction. I vote no. That's yeah. And Rogers had a much longer statement, which I'm not gonna read, but I know I know it's I know it's all the same lines that players are gonna get. Injured, sick of it. You can't do that. I know it's just one extra game, but it, it's not like that. It's not like that. So, if they added another bye week, then I'm sure they would. I'm sure you already get two, right? More would consider. That's it. No, you only get one. That's you, right. You only yeah. get one. But the thing is, I think some years you get two. College football, you do. Not in the NFL. You're correct. I'm sorry. I was thinking but, that. But the um. Then that comes your argument about it lasting too long. Yeah. Then you're right about yeah. that if you get another bye week. So I, I don't know where this is going to go. The plan is flawed. I, I think that's what the problem is. I, I, I don't know where this is going to go. It seems like the play, I just don't know if it's they're vocal. I don't know if it's a vocal minority that's saying no. But it doesn't feel like that because it's Aaron Rodgers, J.J. White, it's, Russell Wilson. It's some of the game's biggest players. Exactly. I don't think it'll pass. It would not surprise me if it passed, man. I really? Should, I don't know why. It I don't, wouldn't surprise me. I don't think me. so, though. I think that the... I think the minority right now is people saying yes. In my opinion... We'll see. I don't know. It So it gets voted on... Is it just a player vote? That This is a player vote. Okay. So, and here's the thing. I was watching NFL Live the other day, and Jeff Saturday was talking about how when the last CBA deal was around, the, he was one of the representatives for his team. So he was the one that's supposed to communicate everything to the players and you know teach them and show them what's on this deal. A lot of players probably don't actually talk to him, probably doesn't actually listen. They don't know what's going on. They might, those that don't know, they might say yes because it's extra money. Maybe this maybe the players that don't play as much that have smaller contracts say, like, heck yeah, more money, I don't play that much. I'll say yes. I I really hadn't even thought about that aspect of it. That that's kinda where I'm at. That's why I wouldn't be surprised with either decision. I see that they the big names are saying are out loud, but I don't know what those smaller players are saying. Other side of the break. The Bachelor here on the scoreboard. On Wiggle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM. Bay Mark sitting alongside Jacob Hillman, 4.30 on a Thursday afternoon. If you want to call in and be a part of the show, feel more than welcome, 334-844-9345. 334-844-WEGLE. This is sports-related, so don't turn off your radios when we say it. It's time for The Bachelor on WEGL 91.1 FM. If you listen to last week's show, 
We were discussing Madison Pruitt, daughter of associate head coach, director of basketball operations for the Auburn men's basketball team, Chad Pruitt's daughter, and her adventure on The Bachelor. She made it to the, uh, what's it called, sweet Hometown. Well, she, well, she yeah. made it to hometown. We talked That's about that last discussed. week. And then she was given a rose and into the fantasy suites. Fantasy suites, yes. This week was the fantasy suites episode. She was one of the final three women uh, on this week's episode, along with Hannah Ann, as well as Victoria F. from Virginia Beach. Um, so let's go ahead and let's dive on into it. Hannah Ann, hers went well. Victoria F., so you can say hers went well for the majority until dinner, as it seems like it always does. <laughs> and then Maddie had a great date, went to the highest building, or one of the highest buildings in Australia. Yeah. And that, dude, my heart was pumping for her. Like, I'm afraid of heights. I would not have gone up there. I was telling her to push uh, push Pete off. No, don't you say that. And then uh, they went up there with Pete. That was their day date. And I think the whole day she was thinking about the conversation she was going to have with him uh, that night, uh, which was about her beliefs and her morals and how she had told him that last week and wanted to know if he agreed, disagreed, and if he had been with other women in the past week. And uh, dinner didn't go too well for Pilot Pete, and he he was basically having to beg her to stay. To not just walk out. Yeah. And she obviously went outside. Man, this was like, this was drawn. Like, it was long. Like, they, they showed the whole thing. Like, she went out. She stood out there for During dinner, minutes. she walked out. Yeah, she excused herself and went out. And Pete cried. Peter cried about her getting up and leaving. And, like, not not why he cried, but he, he, he was tearing up. Yeah. yeah. And he went out there and they talked for a while out there. And just, the, the episode ends with her walking away. I don't know if it was more so them talking. I, I it, think it was more so of him, say, yes, him saying, please don't leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, the episode does end with her walking away. And then the preview, so this upcoming Monday will be uh, not the season finale, but the Monday after. So two more episodes. This Monday is the live show where they get all the former women back, I believe, if I remember correctly. And I talked to all of them what this season was like. And then I believe the week after is the final three when he gives out a final roses and or final rose and proposes to one woman. Yeah, I think a now I'll say I think a lot of people are like thinking, "Oh, Maddie's gone." I don't know. Are we speaking conspiracies? I mean, it's just, let's do it. Let's speak. Let's speak conspiracies. It's just based off her walking away. People are like, "Oh, she must be leaving," but I don't think she is. They would have shown her leave. Yeah, she left. See, I've heard I've heard the theory before that she that she leaves. But the only reason why I say she doesn't is because in the preview from this past Saturday or from this past Monday for that for that show, it shows Pete talking to his mother saying, don't let her go. Go after her. And I think she's talking about Madison. That would make sense. I don't understand why he still is with Victoria. I don't understand. I, I physically do not understand. They didn't have a rose ceremony for this past No, week. they did not. So if you're wondering who got it, they, they didn't have one. That's probably going to be the opening of the next yes. show. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine him not giving it to Hannah Ann. He, I think he definitely gives one to Hannah Ann. And if, now, did it? Okay. Or my eyes tricking me when I saw only two people up there. When I just saw Hannah Ann and Victoria up there. Yes, outside at the wedge sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yes, and he walks over to, uh, what's that guy's name? He's like the main host. Uh, Harrison. Yeah, he's like the Ryan Seacrest of the show. Yeah, Chris Harrison. And he um, he starts talking like, I think I messed this whole thing up. He knows deep down that Madison is the best I woman wonder, left. I wonder if... I bet he gives her... I bet she. I bet he gives her a rose before that one. I bet, and I bet she barely accepts it. I bet she accepts it just because she knows there's still a little more time to talk. I'm kind of on the train where Madison's out and Pete gets left alone with one of those two other girls. I think she went. I think he probably probably begged her to accept the rose, and she did reluctantly. And 
then that's that's what that scene is. It's him giving the final rose to uh, not the final rose, but the the last rose of to the them two, two to them too. Why is Victoria still here? This all stems from them forcing them inside the same fantasy suite. I, I don't want. I've this is the first season I've watched. I didn't know any different. But they're also two faced besides Madison. Yeah, apparently I, I don't know. Hannah Ann's okay. With no, no, she was okay. talking about Madison behind her back. That is fair, but they don't. Apparently, they don't usually go in the same suite. I yeah, I can't confirm. I've never watched before so this season. They had to like find a way to get drama. So that's like a producer type thing that they. It's did all producer type thing to get the drama. To get the drama going, because, I mean, other than Victoria F., and that's an outside thing. That's not even between the three. They did something going, and this is it. Her saving herself for marriage and them talking about it. Of course she was the last person to go on her fantasy yeah. date, though. I don't know. I Overall, like, I was... Not last week, but before last week, I was kind of trying to vouch for Peter. Like, he's, he's not a bad guy, and then he picked Victoria idiot. F., yeah. And he let Alea come back. He let McKenna and... Uh, that other girl get more time with him during the rose ceremony. I don't. He's a, he's a moron, and the fact that he didn't know who Charles Barkley was, mega moron. God, uh, I hope everyone saw. It was last Thursday, so it was after a show, but it was his birthday. And Charles Barkley, the Alderman's basketball team, on the way back from Athens, stopped in Atlanta to wish him a happy birthday. Obviously, he appreciates that. He loves Auburn and comes to all their games, not all of them, but a lot of them. And at the end of the game, and Chad Pruitt was there too, and they all walked out on set. And Ernie Johnson brought it up, said, Coach Pro's daughter is on the Bachelor. How's that been going? And Charles interrupts said, said, dump that loser, Maddie. Straight up. Dump that loser. And he said, he didn't know who Charles Barkley is. Dump his expletive. And it, it was so funny. Yeah. I think it's everyone's mood at, after last week's episode. And especially after this week's episode. I think that's pretty much what everyone thinks. Yeah. I, he just makes it so hard. Like, anybody in their right mind would not have Victoria F. still on the show. No, I, A woman that has ruined multiple relationships in the past, and she's stirred up drama already within the girls, had a temper tantrum against him last week and was manipulating him and just, at, like, at her hometown thing with his, with her parents and just went off on a tangent. It, I mean, it still doesn't... It, still it doesn't just, register. It doesn't make any sense. So, we've come to the conclusion Maddie's the most viable option left. Hannah Ann, she's a model for Sonic. She's I number mean, come two. Come on. She's number two. She's number two. Because just, she's number two because she's not crazy like Victoria F is. I think Maddie is so strong in her morals that she says she is that that's the reason I don't think she'll take him back after him not listening to her. And I think reluctant, I think she will just because she has more time. I don't, man. I just, it comes down to the fact that he she straight up told him, like, these are my values and my beliefs. Like, you have, like, a chance. Like, prove that to me with the fantasy suite. He goes with those two other women's and does what it, you know, underlying, and then sits down and tells her like, "Yes, that happened. I can't fully tell you that you're the only woman I'm in love with because I have other relationships right now." Like she like, and I hate all the people saying like, "Oh, Madison should have known that coming into this, like what this was about." Can you blame her for her for standing in her belief though? Well, see, see, all right, and like, wanting to be the only girl that a man loves. Well, it's kind of like uh, I get last season everyone. So everyone talked about it on Twitter after it happened, like Luke P. So you heard me earlier when I said push Luke off. I was looking at an article about that, and Luke P. came out and defended her because it's a familiar drama because he has the same values. And I think I think last season he got roasted for it. I think that's what I saw on Twitter. Well, a few people were roasting Madison because of it. Because like I said, she should know. Clearly he was on The Bachelorette. He was not on The Bachelor. He was on The Bachelorette, and that was last year with uh, Hannah, Hannah B. Hannah B. 
and uh, it's the exact same situation. It, I mean, someone posted a video, and like it is the exact same thing that happened. I, 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 I was like, well, literally, Hannah B is Pete, and he is Madison. So this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah, man, I just don't know. I don't think I don't think she no. It'll be interesting to see how the the episode starts because I, it's gonna it's obviously gonna start off for, with her walking away. Okay, well, last episode we gave like a final like we updated what we thought about it, and then we gave like a final prediction after that episode. We'll do it this week. After seeing this week and the previews for the next two weeks, what do you think is the final decision? Oh, the final decision? Yeah, I'm gonna stick with what I said earlier about what's gonna happen this episode. It's, I don't. I wonder. I wonder how because because of how much of an idiot Pete is. I don't, I want to know how much influence the girls coming back. They don't have. Care. They don't care. Well, because it seems like they're the ones that. Oh man, I don't know. I'll tell you in a second. But go ahead. Because, man, Alea takes me off. I wish we had talked. She's about not this. here. No. Final three. Man. Final three. Final three. Who who I think is gonna get it? Yes. Tell me your predictions. Victoria F is gonna not get it this time. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think it's still between Hannah Ann and Madison. I think Madison will accept the rose. She'll be off. I still think Madison will get it. I think she'll accept it too. Here's my thing. It's hard for me to say that because I don't know what she's gonna do. My prediction is next episode. It's gonna. It'll be them three. I think he's gonna try and get Madison somehow to. Say like no, I'm not walking out, or like trying to give her a rose, or whatever, trying to make an attempt to like know that she still wants to be in a relationship with him, and she's gonna say no. I th- I think she's out, and I think it, I think the winner's Hannah Ann. Now you ask about the influence on the other girls; they don't care. Victoria's freaking crazy; she doesn't care. Hannah Ann, I kind of see her as desperate. I honestly kind of do. I, I see her kind of kissing up to Pete sometimes, and like, well, she knows she's number two. Madison's number one to Pete. I think so, but after this week, Pete's not number one to I, Madison. I do think in Pete's mind, I think Victoria's closer to number two than like we would have her. Like, you know, last what you were saying, like it, it's clearly Madison hand in hand. I don't know. Davis Carroll on the next one was saying Pete likes crazy. Seems like it. Yeah. Seems like it. Somebody said that he should pick her because they're both they both deserve each other or how crazy they are or whatever. I still think this all leads to a Iron Bowl of Bachelorettes. See I don't hate <laughs> me, Madison Brook. <sighs> Might be another Iron Bowl that Auburn wins. No, that no that Auburn's already won that Iron Bowl. That's not even close. And basketball, one of the basketball ones. I Bob, it's another I Bob Iron Bowl Bachelorettes. On the other side of the break, we'll talk about Auburn baseball to close out this week's episode of the Scoreboard. You're listening to Jacob Hillman and Bay Marks live on the Scoreboard WGL. Last segment here on the Scoreboard on Weagle ninety one point one FM with your co-host. I'm Jacob Hillman. Alongside Bay Marks. And Auburn baseball had a pretty sluggish weekend last week. UCF came in and dropped the hammer with a sweep. Was it 3 to 1, 7 to 3, and then 12 to 2? 12 to 2. It was not a good weekend. (laughs) I think that's safe to say. It was so bad. But it makes it even worse because Auburn's offense was so non-existent really against UCF and having come off victories where they've scored 18, 14, 17 runs against the likes of Oakland and Illinois, Chicago. It's, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of concerned. They did sweep the midweek against Alabama A&M 10-0 and 12-6. The six runs is concerning. 
But yeah, I wa- all right, watching the game, it was just kind of man. Who was the pitcher? In the- I forget who the pitcher was at the moment or in that inning. Saturday's game. The, I saw the six runs yesterday. We, we yeah, we can. Yeah, what about yesterday's right, game. Sorry, I thought she's been six runs no, yeah. yesterday. Yesterday's twelve six win. That that was a midweek game. That's kind of what's going to happen. The Tuesday game, I think, was more telling. You had, I think, Brooks Fuller started. Richard Fitz was out of the bullpen. Seb Thomas out of the bullpen. I think he's going to play a factor the rest of the year. And two other guys I can't name off the top of my head, but those are the guys that were that are, you're going to see more of the bullpen on the weekends. But back, yeah, the six runs in the whole weekend when they hit the ball, it went straight to the fielders. It was so it was kind of one of the most annoying things from from a hitting standpoint. I've I've really seen. Because it wasn't like they were getting struck out constantly. It, it, they were getting battles on balls, solid contact, but right to the fielders. I think, is it safe to, no, it is safe to say. This UCF team is one of the more fundamentally sound, te- sound teams that Auburn will play this year. They in every aspect so of the game. Good. Their, pitching, their pitching is solid. Their hitting was all over the field which is obviously the point of hitting is getting it all over the field, finding the holes, and their defense. Really didn't seem to struggle at all. They were very annoying. That's a very – yeah, their dugout was super annoying. That's well, a, besides their dugout, the, like the play. Oh, the, oh, the game. The, okay, yeah, that as well. I see, I'm sorry, I see what you're saying. Um, you should have been at Plainsman Park to hear the dugout. It was so bad. But, yeah, this is definitely one of the more fundamental sound teams that you'll play this year if you're Auburn and – being fundamentally sound in, in baseball is probably the biggest sport you can be fundamentally sound at except basketball. Mm-hmm. So baseball is 80% mental, and UCF had the mental part of it down. They, they, that was a high baseball IQ team, and um, I don't know. I made it out for one of the games this weekend. Uh, it was Saturday afternoon. I, I had to leave after the fifth of the sixth inning. Because uh, I had other obligations, but I kept up with the other games as well. And just seeing them in person on Saturday, man, I mean, that that that's gonna that's gonna be a team that makes a run. I'm yeah, telling you, they can win their conference. Sunday was even crazier, which Sunday kind of felt more on Auburn. Uh, you know, you know how I said they didn't strike out a lot; they did strike out more than ten times every day. But anyway, uh, I don't know. I think getting Stephen Williams and Casey Howell back is gonna help a little bit. They didn't play in that series because they were yeah. uh, dealing with hamstring injuries. They both played against Alabama and A&M both days, limited. But they should be back to 100%. At least, both was hoping Friday. If not, I'm sure they'll play in the Saturday-Sunday games. Judd Ward, Ryan Bliss, they're doing their jobs. Everyone else, not so much. I mean, even the pitchers last weekend were not on point at all. Everyone struggled. So, going into Wright State this weekend. Last week I said... At home. Yes. Last week I said on the show, Auburn should sweep UCF. Yeah, you did. You, Jacob said Auburn should sweep UCF. And you also... What else did you say? I was listening to it the other day. Something about if you do... If UCF does come in here, I think you said something about this, like Auburn can only afford to lose like one game. I was saying that because if you want to host a regional and yeah. with this non-con schedule, you... Gotta get a because let's think about it this man. way. It's not a super strong non-con. You play Sanford in a mid in a midweek next week. Wright State at home this weekend. Wright State, Chicago State, and, and then you have Georgia Tech, decent team, and, and then Wofford. Play starts. Yeah, and then SEC. Well, and SEC play. Everybody knows it's a juggernaut of college baseball. So you'll really have to do good in SEC play. Well, that that goes into my point where 
Wright State is not a terrible team. No. So they had a series. Not with, feeling confident about it. No, I, I think I think Auburn will win. I think they'll win the series two one. I don't know what game they'll get, but they're only two and five. But don't let that record like get to you. Their opening series was against Mississippi State at Mississippi State. They led in two or three games, but lost. They lost six to nine, two to six, and one to five. Well, you know, you know how they bounced back. They traveled to the double one Louisville and won ten to three. Now they did travel to Western Kentucky and lose two out of three. Those are also close games. But I mean, this team is no pushover whatsoever. I think, I think the biggest thing going forward is. You know, and I hate I hate to say this, but in some aspect it might be true. Could there be a college world series hangover? With all the guys coming bit. back. Bush mentioned on Tiger Talk last week that he was impressed with the focus against UIC. Obviously, we did not see that. I th- there might have been a relapse from that. I think it I think it comes from look, guys, we're five and oh. Like we're we're dominating these teams who they didn't know they weren't that good. Mm-hmm. And then come into a UCF team who you beat two out of three games last year. And I think Auburn really lost focus. I mean, Tanner Tanner's pitched well, not to the caliber that he'd probably like. Um, he'll get there, though. Same as Jack. Jack actually pitched very well Saturday. Had a first good three or four innings, kind of got tattooed a little bit. And then, unfortunately, Richard came in. Richard really got tattooed. And the bullpen really couldn't just, just stop the damage. Um <sighs> I don't know. There were some errors in the field. Farquhar had an error over at second base. The bats weren't going. It's just, it's just that was a nice punch in the mouth. That was a really nice punch in the mouth. I mean, I think other, other than other than the fact you got sweat. Like if you lost two out of three, it might not have been as bad. Really been as bad. The sweat makes it really bad. Sweat just makes it where you, it's hard to look at it positively at all. Even though it's a nice wake up call, you know, hey, you really ain't that good. Getting swept just it hurts your resume and, yeah. and everything, especially with your best non-con opponent. You can look day. at it and say two of our starting outfielders were hurt. You can look at it and say we're playing a lot of young guys. You can't have that excuse being a top ten ranked baseball team. Well, did you see uh, where it was the first time in history, program history, that a non-conference opponent has come to Plainson Park and swept Auburn in Auburn baseball history. Yep. that's bad. Yeah, it is. Well, we can give a positive note about this past week. Yesterday, Butch Thompson got his 100th win at Plainsman Park. That is a fact, and I, I really, I really think that his the direction he's taking this program, no, no matter what happened this past weekend, it's still only nine games in the season. A hundred ten, seven and three. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, no, but I agree though. The direction positive. This is it's nothing to panic over because it's no. only ten games in the season. Enjoy basketball right now, and whenever basketball's over, hopefully April. If baseball's still struggling, then concern, hit yes. the panic button. But right now, it, it's nothing to worry about. Unless you go get swept by Wright State, then then those that are focused on baseball, yeah, it's time to hit the panic button. But like I said, just just take it one series at a time. Don't panic over a sweep to UCF or giving up six runs to Alabama A&M. If you lose to Wright State once or twice, don't panic. Hey, even Sanford next week, man, don't panic over that. Yeah. Casey San- Dunn's a Sanford's a heck of a coach. Yeah, great team. So Auburn with Wright State at home this weekend, then Sanford in the midweek, Chicago State at home, Georgia Tech on the 10th, Walford on the 11th, open up with a at home, then Alabama State. Auburn doesn't play another road game until March the 20th. Plenty of opportunities to see the Tigers at Plainsman Park. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? 
Well, about Auburn baseball, it's just go in there, get back to the pitching that you saw in opening weekend. Obviously, you don't have to shut them down as much because this is a decent team, and they're better than UIC. I just want to see other hitters than Judd Ward and Ryan Bliss get it going. Also, Rupp Arena Saturday. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Can they make history? Rupp Arena, big event Saturday, 245 on CBS. Before we go off, Holyan Huskies up 2 to nothing after having bases loaded in the bottom of the first. Thank you, Keith Marks, my dad, for that update. Good luck to the Huskies this afternoon. If you want to listen to the replay, me and Jacob Hillman will be uploading it to Spotify uh, after the show. So yes. go ahead and go listen to that replay if you would like to. Uh, but nonetheless, thank you for joining Jacob Hillman and Bay Marks on the scoreboard, WEGL 91.1 FM. See you next Thursday. This has been the scoreboard on 91.1 FM WEGL with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com. And following us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.